Hey, it's a great day for you to be here on the Master Books podcast. I'm so excited you decided to join us. Today, I'll be sharing Dr. Jason Lyle's video on homeschooling with an eternal focus. This is so important, and you know it's why Master Books exists. And we are here to encourage you with this replay of what Dr. Jason Lyle shared with us during the summit in 2022. This is a don't miss episode, and it is certainly one you'll want to share. It will help you defend your choice to homeschool. It will remind you and strengthen you that this is the right thing to do. And I'm so encouraged for you already. So stay tuned. Here at Masterbooks, we are dedicated to help you disciple your children and develop a strong faith as a family. With pro-Bible homeschool curriculum and beautiful books that honor God as creator. We offer online courses to help your family worship and serve God. You will also find morning baskets and devotionals for the whole family. Our mission is ink on paper to touch eternity, and we have been publishing Christian books for this purpose since 1975. Find your pro-Bible homeschool curriculum at masterbooks.com. It is my honor to interview Dr. Jason Lyle today. Dr. Jason Lyle has been one of Masterbooks authors since the early 2000s. I believe 2006 was Taking Back Astronomy. And so many of his books, I'm sure you have, you are familiar with um, his curriculum, his logic curriculum, as well as Discerning Truth, The Ultimate Proof of Creation. Some of our top sellers are Dr. Lyle's books and Stargazer's Guide to the Night Sky. Dr. Lyle is an astrophysicist. He has many degrees, and I want to give him a chance to tell you a little bit about his background and why he is here today to talk to us about having a biblical worldview and why that is a smarter way to homeschool, to have a biblical worldview of education. So welcome, Dr. Lyle. Well, thanks. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. So tell us a little bit about yourself and your ministry and how long you've been writing and the purpose of writing and just your your thoughts about education and the biblical worldview. Okay. I am an astrophysicist. I got my PhD from the University of Colorado mm -hmm. and uh, specializing in solar astrophysics, but I, I like anything related to space. And, and really, I like, I like any science. I, I think they're just fascinating. And it's, uh, in, in my mind, science glorifies God because it's the study of the way he upholds his universe. And, and I'm very passionate about conveying that to others as well, because we live in a society where uh, people have been given the impression that science is somehow anti-Christian or, or Christianity is somehow anti-science, however you want right. to put it. They have to and, be yeah, yeah. And, that, and that, that schism shouldn't be there. And so I founded, uh, five years ago, I founded the Biblical Science Institute. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and even before that, I was working with other good um, creation, biblical authority ministries like Answers in Genesis, and, and I still continue to uh, touch base with them from time to time. Right. And really showing people that the Bible is true from the beginning and that science, when you understand it, lines up with the Bible and biblical creation in particular. That's something I kind of specialize in. And I feel that that is one of the most important things in education is to inculcate a Christian worldview mm -hmm. because... A million years from now, it's not going to matter what you're majoring in. It's not going to matter what sports team you're on. It's it's only it, what's going to matter is is whether or not you lived for the Lord, whether or not you have received Christ as Savior. It seems to me that's the most important thing that you can teach uh, a child is to is to 
understand the Bible, to have respect for it, and to and to obey God, to repent of your sins and trust in Christ uh, as Lord and Savior. So that's not just it's not an academic game for me. Souls are on the line. Absolutely. And I feel it's very, very important that we get this information out so people recognize the Bible can be trusted. Well, we are so thankful to have had you on our team for so long as as an author bringing forth such um, incredible research and truth to help people see that the Bible can be trusted. So thank you for everything it took for you to get to this place where you put this down and on paper to affect who knows how many people, how many hundreds of thousands have read your books and had their faith encouraged and been able to defend the faith because you did because you did that. So thank you very much for that. So what do you see as the biblical purpose of education? What does the Bible say about education and what does it say education is not supposed to be? Okay. Well, education biblically is is supposed to be about training people to think in a way that's consistent with God's character and so mm -hmm. that they will then behave in a way that's consistent with God's character. The central problem of human beings is that we don't think like God and therefore we don't act like God. His ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. And Isaiah 55 um, verse 8 says as much. God, God's making this indictment against us that, hey, we're not thinking like him and we're not behaving like him. And, and that's a problem because we were created to bear God's image. We were created mm -hmm. to think and behave in a way that's consistent with his character. And so Isaiah 55 verse 7, actually the previous verse, gives the solution. We're supposed to turn away from thinking and behavior that is not consistent with God's and, uh, and, and behave the way we're supposed to be. We're supposed to be the creations that God made us to be. And so that then, in, in my view, that has to be the purpose of education is to train students to think and behave in a way that's consistent with God's character. That's our purpose. And anything that is the opposite of that or opposed to that is not the purpose of education. And then there are things that some people think, well, that, you know, what about, you know, learning a trade, learning a skill or something like that? That's one of the ways that we can think like God, because we're supposed to is, you know, as a, per, you know, a person like myself, I'm, if I were to ever marry and have kids, I would be responsible to take care of them. And I would mm -hmm. therefore have to have a job. That's part of my obligation in loving my neighbor and in loving God is, in my case, to provide for uh, family. Mm -hmm. and, and so we're supposed to do that. And, and it's glorifying to God to do that. But anything that's counter to that. And frankly, a lot of what students are being taught in, in many public schools is very contrary to God's word. They're being taught information that is false. They're being taught millions of years of Darwinian evolution. They're being taught um, an economic uh, theory that's not consistent with the way God created us to be. They're being taught an ethic, a morality that is contrary to God's word in terms of what's right and what's wrong. And so that's that's what we're not supposed to do. Even um, in the uh, Old Testament, when God spoke to the Israelites, he said, you're not to learn the ways of the pagan, these pagan nations that are around you. You're not to learn their ways. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't mean that we're not to learn ab about them. Uh, we have to know something about them uh, in order to not imitate them. But that, that's the implications. We're not supposed to imitate the ways of the pagans. We're not supposed to be educated according to their system. Uh, we can learn about it for the purpose of refuting it. But uh, we're not to we're not to embrace um, educational systems that are contrary to God's word. Absolutely. Well, I loved what you, I was reading part of what you had written about education and you mentioned that in Luke six forty that the Jesus says that the pupil 
will be like the teacher. And so um, that is one of our passions and the passion of Masterbook's whole purpose for existing is ink on paper to touch eternity. So we want and we work very, very diligently to weave the gospel, the realities of God in every subject throughout the curriculum. But talk to us a little bit about that, like about the pupil being like the teacher and the risks of having even a Christian homeschool um they call it a Christian homeschool curriculum, but that does not honor God as the word says he truly is. Yeah. I mean, there, there are curricula that, you know, sort of are, are touted to be Christian and uh, but really they, it's kind of a secular curriculum and they just thrown in some Bible verses. That's mm-hmm. not what I'm about. I know that's not what, what you're about either. Uh, right. We, we want to make sure that that the curriculum is designed to help students to think in a way that's consistent with God's character and to realize that all knowledge is deposited in Christ. That's something the Bible teaches in Colossians 2, 3, that all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge are deposited in Christ. And uh, Proverbs 1, 7, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Now, that is not what students are taught in public schools. In fact, right. God is barely mentioned in public schools, except sort of in a passing sense. Good thing we don't believe in that anymore. Mm-hmm. But um, biblically, all knowledge stems from God. And, and most people, um, even many Christians, don't think that way because most of us went through a, a public school system where we were taught that knowledge is ir- God is irrelevant to knowledge. <laughs> Nothing could be further from the truth. All, all knowledge, all truth is in the mind of God. His mind determines truth. And the only reason we're able to know anything about anything is because God's revealed himself in various ways. Mm-hmm. In his word, he's given us senses where we can probe reality. But really, every subject ought to be rooted in the character of God. Uh, history, for example, I, going through a public school system, I didn't care much for history because I was taught it from a secular perspective. And the secular perspective is history is just... You know, human beings in the secular view are just chemical accidents. Now, what do I care about what chemical accidents did to other chemical accidents hundreds of years ago? What does that have to do with anything? But from a biblical perspective, history is the unveiling of God's plan to save uh, people unto himself. And so we can look back at history and we can see how God has blessed certain nations, has poured his judgment on, on other nations. We see the sovereignty of God working out through history. Now that I can get into that. To me, that's very exciting. Exactly. Or, or, uh, Science, mathematics. I, I, I one of the books that that uh, that you have uh, helped me uh, publish on fractals, showing how God has built beauty into math, because math is the way God thinks about numbers. And uh, you know, for most students, they're not taught about it that way. They're just math is something that's hard. That you know, when are we going to use this anyway? But if they were taught that math is a reflection of the way God thinks about numbers. Wow, that that's kind of exciting. And I've had I've had students read the Fractals book and say, "Math is beautiful. I had no idea." And it reflect and it's beautiful because it reflects God's character. It reflects His nature. So it's so important that we teach all subjects uh, properly, truthfully. They are really are rooted in the mind of God, and so we need to teach them that way. And yes, the student will become like his teacher. That's what Jesus said. So if you teach your children, they will become like you. Mm-hmm. And it's so important that you get a good curriculum, too, because the curriculum is also a teacher, right? 
because right. that's where they're getting the the information. And so they're going to become like their curriculum as well. There's some combination of you and the curriculum is what they're going to be like. So make sure you get a God honoring curriculum and, and parents make sure that your relationship with Christ is solid, that you're in his word daily, that you have a good prayer life, you're involved in a good church. And, uh, the, the, you know, the, the students will become like their teacher uh, in public schools. Uh, there, there's some I had some nice teachers. I went through the public school. Mm -hmm. I had some nice teachers, mm -hmm. uh, but there's really three teachers in any class in a public school. There's the person in the front of the classroom, and that's not the most important. The most important is the curriculum. That's where they're going to get the information. And then the third is your other students, most of whom are not Christians. And mm -hmm. it shows they, they they behave in a way that's that's. Uh, inconsistent with God's nature. And so lo and behold, most students who graduate from a, from a public school have a secular worldview. Even many who, who call themselves Christians really have a secular worldview because the curriculum that they learned from is secular. The behavior that they learned to imitate was students who are no more mature than they are. And so and I'm sorry, but that's just, that's the way it is. And so Jesus is certainly right. St students will become like their teachers. So make sure I mean, if, if you're going to homeschool, that's great. If you're going to send students to a Christian school, make sure that it's got a good, solid Christian curriculum and is not just Christian in name only because they will become like their teachers. Right. And re what Randy always says, and I like to reiterate, is that the curriculum is the tool and the parent is the carpenter with the tool. And so we provide all these options to help them build the biblical worldview into their family. And often we see and hear from the parents that they are learning together, that the curriculum is helping the parent revive their, you know, that it is reviving their heart as they study the word, that they're coming back to the Lord or learning things they have never known before because they were not raised in with this biblical worldview. And I'm so thankful for authors like yourself who take subjects and help us see God. I mean, what better life could there, I can just imagine if I had all of the years of my education, seeing God in every one of my subjects, every year I was in school, the difference the, that it would have made in my decisions as a young adult and, and just so many things, I'm so thankful that the Lord is merciful, but I'm, I am mm -hmm. so thankful for the parents who are making the choice to work as a partner with master books in this mission of ink on paper to touch eternity, because it's not just impacting your own household. It's going to impact generations. It's going to impact your community. And um, I just love thinking about how far your books have reached and especially what your logic curriculum has been able to do. You've taught logic in your books, but now we have this curriculum, the introduction to logic. So tell us a little bit about how you've used that to help people, not just the student, but also the parents as the student as well. We have a lot of moms who've taken that course to defend their faith. Yeah. And, you know, I try to write at, at a, a fairly broad range. I, I try to write most of my material and, and certainly the introduction to logic is written this way, where a, a, a junior high student can understand it, but an adult would appreciate it to somebody Absolutely. who's 50 years old. And, 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 I, and I try to write that way. And, and um, a lot of people think you can't do that. I think you can uh, because 
children are more intelligent than people give them credit for. They're not as knowledgeable because they haven't been, they haven't been around as long. But mm -hmm. as long as you give them the information, as long as you define your terms carefully and, and walk them through it, they can pick up all kinds of stuff. And, and, and what a what better subject to learn than logic, which is just basically how to use your mind properly. Mm -hmm. I can't think of a, a more important topic in education. And yet that's the one thing that is not taught in hardly any public school. It's just not there. And that's because public schools, well, thanks to folks like John Dewey, he, he wanted America to be secular. And he figured the key was teach the student, train the students to think like secularists, get them away from their parents, because their parents might teach them things like Christianity, and we don't want that. Uh, get you know, get and don't teach them to think you know rightly. Teach them to accept whatever the state says. And mm -hmm. now we have a generation where people tend to think that way, and that's a shame. Um, but it just goes to show you that public schools are not really what they should be. They really, I'm, I, it was never really God's intention. God never gave the state authority to educate children. That's something that He gives to the parents. Yes, I think parents can delegate but only to a godly teacher, someone who's going to train them up in, in the ways of the Lord. And so uh, introduction to logic, it's, it's just that. It's an introduction. It's, it's, uh, you can go on and get textbooks later. But the thing that I think that makes this unique, the book and also, the, of course, I have the, the online curriculum um, mm -hmm. based on it. The thing that makes it unique is it is thoroughly integrated uh, into the Christian worldview. And I haven't seen that in another logic textbook. Um, most logic textbooks will give you the mechanics of correct reasoning. Mine does that, but it also shows you how logic is rooted in the nature of God. And my goal is that when students read this book, they'll recognize I can either be rational and, and be a Christian, or I can be a non-Christian and be irrational. There, there, isn't, there isn't any possible, possible way to be a consistent non-Christian and, and also be logical. I can't make anybody be saved, but uh, that's up to God. But I can show them that rejection of Christianity is utterly irrational because laws of logic are rooted in the character of God. And the reason that logic is the way it is is because God is exactly who the Bible says he is. And man is the way the Bible says man is. And the universe is the way the Bible says the universe is. And so if the Bible weren't true, it wouldn't make sense to have laws of logic, let alone the properties that they have. All those things are rooted in the character of God. And I, and I, I spend a great deal of time in the book uh, developing that theme. And then, uh, and then, of course, we do go into the mechanics of it then. Okay, what's a syllogism? And what about enthymemes, arguments with a missing premise? And half the books, over half the books, fallacies, identifying errors in reasoning. And boy, is that a valuable skill because that'll apply in uh, not, not just, I mean, in, in my view, it's it, as an apologist, as, a, as someone who defends the Christian faith, arguments against Christianity always have an error in reasoning in them. They always do. And if you can spot that, it, it really helps in the being able to defend the faith. But in every other aspect of your life, too, it, it helps to be able to use your mind properly. If you're, if you're going to reason properly about things, that's going to help your life in, in every way. I mean, there really is no aspect of our life where we don't use our mind at all. And so, and so correct reasoning is just a great skill that applies in every area. I think it's probably the, I think it, next to the scriptures themselves, which logic is rooted in them, I think it's the most important subject that students can be taught. And it's the one thing that, that most adults have never learned. And so I hope that, you know, even if maybe people are watching this, even if you don't have kids, I hope you'll pick up the textbook. And if, you, if you've never had a logic course and, and study it, and, and it's, 
and you're learning to think in a way that's more godly. That's really what logic is. Le training your mind to think in a way that's consistent with the character of God's mind. And uh, that's an awesome thought to think. I'm thinking God's thoughts after him. Absolutely. That's a beautiful thought. I love it. I love how you've um, prepared our students to do that and their parents. We, um, I was recording a podcast a couple of days ago, and it was a senior, a master book senior. He just graduated and was about to go into Bible college, but he's had a job. And because he took the logic course, and then he also took our worldview course, he was able to identify the fallacies and the reasonings of the different types of non-Christians that he was working with. And, you know, I was really proud of the young man. He wasn't judgmental. He was simply able to articulate exactly what he had experienced because he had that foundation of the logic course, as well as the course where he understood different religions and how people think. So thank you for helping our students have a biblical worldview and, um, there's just, you can't say enough about the importance of having a biblical worldview. And I love that you've been able to really, and especially in your writing, you make it very understandable and concise, even though it seems like lofty ideas, the way to look at the word, I mean, just God honoring the word that heals and delivers, here is God and here's how to think like him. So thank you for that. And thank you for helping the parents who are watching today have that biblical worldview cemented more in their hearts. We know that the smarter way to homeschool is to homeschool your children to love and fear the Lord. And as you said earlier, there is no better end game. There's no better goal to have for your household than to have your children know the Lord. That's what it's all about. I mean, you know, and, and people think that that means giving up everything else. Not not necessarily. I mean, if, if God calls you to give up everything else, you better do that. But, mm -hmm. uh, you know, it, people think, well, can I, you know, do I want to train my mind to think in, in a way that's that's has a wide range of skill sets or in a way that's consistent with God's character? You don't have to choose between the two. I mean, you can you can learn to do all kinds of things. If, if you're going to be a carpenter, be a carpenter for the Lord. If you're going to be a plumber, mm -hmm. be a plumber for the Lord. If you're going to be an engineer, be an engineer for the Lord. Every skill set you learn, you can you can recognize how it's rooted in the nature of God. And you're only able to do it because God has given you a mind that can think and he's given you senses that you can observe the, the world and so on. And it's honoring to him to to do whatever you do and do it for his glory, because, you know, the bottom line is we, we get we get caught up in so many things that don't really matter, things that are going to go away at some point. We work for things that perish. And that's something that the, the Bible speaks to that issue. We ought to lay up our treasure in heaven because there it lasts forever. And so the, the one of the best um, gifts you can give to your, your children, it's not the material possessions you give them at Christmas. That's fun. You, you can do that. But it's, it's giving them a godly education where they learn to think rightly to the glory of God and they learn to love him and love his word and study it and think and behave in a way that's consistent with his character. Because that brings God's blessings and those last 
so many of those blessings last eternally because uh, God can grant us eternal life, of course. And so that's, uh, that's really what matters. Hey, thanks for joining us today for the Master Books podcast. It was really fun to do this with you today. We hope that you'll take a moment and rank and review the podcast wherever you are listening or watching so that others can find it more easily. We loved having you here and we look forward to being with you on the next podcast. It comes out every other week, Mondays at 5 a.m. See you then.